0: Thank you for listening to our sermon podcast. If you would like more information about First Baptist Church of Silva, please visit firstbaptistsilva.com. We've now arrived at the action-adventure part of our story. And goodness gracious, y'all, it is a doozy. Just wait till HBO Max gets its hands on this. Gone is the babe lying in a manger. Literally, there are no shepherds nor choirs of angels proclaiming good news here. No. You will not find the story that we just read decorating your lawns as inflatable lawn ornaments. How many of you all have a King Herod hanging on your Christmas or Christmon tree? Methinks you like the tune to the Coventry Carol, but the words describing infanticide, death of children, is not one that's particularly popular when you sing Christmas carols. No, instead... In this part of the story, we find politics, a dash across the border, and mass murder. Why does such a beautiful story have to have a villain? Herod. Hmm. And yet, when you think about it, Don't most of our stories have a Herod? Don't most of our beautiful stories where we know and sense that God is at work has someone or something or some circumstances that seem to thwart the good thing that God is doing? If for anything else, y'all, this story confirms the truth that our stories have opposition. God has great hopes for us. We know it. The narrative of God's relationship with his people guarantee through the words of the prophets that God wants what is best for us. But the world in which we live with the darkness and shadows that ensue It conspires to thwart God's best intentions. We live in a world with tyrant kings. We live in a world of tyrant kings. Just a flip of your wrist the digits on your hand, all they need is just a moment to see the darkness that is present in our world. You don't have to look far. You don't have to learn about violence in Eastern Europe or the conditions of our friends and brothers and sisters in Christ in developing countries. No. All you have to do is look across the street at the person And family in the aisle next to you. All you have to do is eavesdrop on the conversation your co workers are having as they sip their coffee. We live in a broken world. And this story, the story of Christmas, of Emmanuel, God with us, teaches us that the reign of Christ will always be at odds with earthly authorities. For the truth is, the principalities of this world are threatened by kingdom values. I think we can empathize with the Holy Family here. For I believe that there are times and seasons when the road that we are on ends. In our story with the Holy Family, God has literally moved heaven and earth so that the Christ child could be born and to fulfill the prophecies that have been written of old. God has done a wonderful and marvelous thing and yet they get the news that their very lives are threatened? That the road ahead that God has provided for them has been blocked? It reminds me of the road to nowhere, which, of course, many of us know about. Great intentions, great expense, boring through a mountain. But all one has to do in parking their car is to walk through the darkness to find out that the best of intentions did not come to fruition. Oh, yes, we know about roads that we've been on that suddenly and oftentimes tragically end. And many of us have experienced that reality with no warning. We don't have to read the Bible to know what it tells us, and that is that the human condition is to live with disappointment, heartache, and dashed hopes. We know that. And no story is immune from it, especially the story of Christ Jesus The idea that as followers in Jesus that we would live lives on roads with no bumps, no speed bumps, no ways that we might fall off is just not true. We worship one who has suffered and who suffers alongside us. But as Matthew will testify, this is not the end of the story. And yet it does raise questions about what God is up to in our world. Who in their right mind would write a story like this? Yes, we put all our energy in the sweet parts of this story, but Matthew does not want us to miss what happens when power and self-interest reign supreme. Infants die. They are brutally murdered. And were it not for an attentive Joseph who is aware of a messenger in his dreams The story that we celebrate at Christmas might never have happened. Who would design a story like this? I, for one, find it very difficult to lay this at the feet of our God, Creator, Sustainer, and Redeemer. I believe that when God gave us free will in the garden, and allowed us the freedom to choose whether we would love or obey him, God himself stopped controlling us like puppets. For let's face it, a love that is offered without choice is not love. Do we really want to make God responsible for the horrors that took place at the hand of Herod because of his insecurities? Do we really want to make God the cause of your cancer? Do we really want to make God the reason why your child suffered from leukemia? We know full well what this world is capable of doing. And God does not stand apart from it. God comes in Emmanuel and dwells with us. And in doing so, God makes a way. God creates a new road. It's true that sin and brokenness thwarts it, and even so, God makes a new road. Oh, it's true, the tyrant kings, they will get theirs. Psalm 110 reads, The Lord is at your right hand. He will crush kings on the day of his wrath. He will judge the nations. Heaping up the dead and crushing the rulers of the whole earth. God is not mincing words. God wins the day. God does not just build a road. God builds a highway. And praise God that there are exit ramps. Praise God that there are new roads that God provides when we find ourselves immersed in sin, straying from the path, missing the mark, doing that which God does not want or wish for us. I do not believe for one moment that God is sadistic. I believe that the law and God's hope for us is all a gift to us for us to know how to be most in his presence. Sin means separation. It means death. It means darkness. God does not wish that for us. But even though we find ourselves off the path, stuck on a road that is blocked, God in Christ Jesus makes a new way. For when the path that God has created crumbles, God makes a new road. God redeems the hijacking of God's good work. So as we begin this new year, I can't help to draw my attention to Joseph and how just as he was attentive to the messenger that showed up in his dreams, we too need to be aware of the plan B that God is developing, perhaps for many of us at this very moment. God creates in this story new roads through dreams, through messengers, literally angelos, angels, and through the prophecies of old. Look back at what Matthew's telling us time and time and time again. He's acknowledging that the prophets knew that what God was going to do was to bring about new roads of hope. It's interesting when we think about how God gets his message to the Holy Family. We know, of course, that Mary receives an angel in person. Zechariah received a messenger, and yet his question... Seemed to suggest doubt, and he was made mute until he named the child John, John the Baptist, as the angel had directed him. So perhaps it's a bit of a miracle that God chooses to get his message to Joseph while he sleeps, for we know that when you're asleep, you can't fight back. Matthew's all about dreams. There are four dreams that appear in the infancy narratives. This is how God chooses to get his message to Joseph and to the Magi. These messages are absolutely in opposition to what these individuals might have wanted for themselves. This was not in their best interest. To flee in the middle of the night? To go through with marrying Mary even though the child would not be his? To constantly be on the move? This was not in anyone's best interest and yet Joseph recognized that the plan B, the alternative road that God was providing was what was needed for God's hope to be preserved Interestingly, we don't know that Herod didn't get a dream. We don't know that the other families that may have been affected by Herod's tyrant activities didn't get a dream. But we do know this, if Herod got a dream, he certainly was not obedient to it. Instead, he was guided by his own self-interest The preservation of his power and influence reigned supreme. Sound familiar? Y'all, our story is no less meaningful than the story we celebrate at Christmas. God has a hope and a future for us. And when the world's darkness casts long shadows on God's best intentions, God will build a new road for us. God will provide us ways that we can find exit ramps to those new roads. And if this story is any guide for us, if it is like the star that is present and guides us, then we will find God's plan B, God's new road, God's new beginning rooted in Scripture. Because that's what we see here. When we know God's narrative, when we know God's commandments, we will know how to recognize God's message. You'll note here that the messages that these individuals receive in their dreams, and otherwise, they they are for God's good work. They are not for themselves. That's how we will know when God's getting our attention. It's frequently not what we would wish ourselves And it's always for love. It's always for peace. It's always for what we see revealed in Scripture and codified in Christ Jesus. No, the angels that we may encounter likely do not have wings. For we know that the messengers that we see here were brilliant in their appearance, but they also looked a whole lot like us. God provides us individuals along the path to help us see a new way forward. And yes, God gives us hope in our dreams. When we are immersed in darkness, when we cannot fight our eyelids that want to close, God shows up. And it's always for good, it's always for peace, and again, it's frequently something we wouldn't want to do on our own. Egypt figures prominently in this story also. Egypt, that sounds familiar. A place where God's people found their footing in suffering. But in this story, Egypt becomes a place of refuge. It becomes a place of sanctuary when the way forward becomes blocked. I can't help but to think of foster families And about the experiences in your own lives that have been places of respite. Maybe even hospice care. Places holding patterns so that the storm outside might be silenced and you might see the path that God is creating. Imagine that. God doesn't just give us a road to be on. God provides us with sanctuary. Think about the times and places and moments in your own lives where God provided you a safe place to recover from a relationship that failed, to recover through grief for the loss of a dearly loved one, to find your footing where the best plan that you had thought was coming to fruition Failed. I believe that our churches are places of sanctuary, that we are at our best when we become places of safety and hospitality for others. Thank God for Egypt and for the people that inhabited that space. We think they may not have been part of God's plan. Ha! They were the ones that helped to care for, become literally a crucible, a manger for Christ's very presence in this world. Y'all, slow down on this path that you find yourselves on and be aware that the family that you just drove down, that's the holy family, is a refugee family. For they were fleeing from political oppression and violence. For the world is full of tyrant kings. So thank God for Egypt and extended family and friends and churches and co-workers who help to provide a holding place where we can find our footing and recognize that the path that God is making in our midst is good and rich. And think about the call that we ourselves here to participate alongside this holy family. We, First Baptist Church, can be another road that God is making so that others can be saved. Our ministry, our ministry together can be an off-ramp for those whose current road is falling apart. Perhaps 2023 is just that. It is a new road for you. Perhaps 2023 is the exit ramp that you have been praying for, hoping for, yearning for. We awaken this morning from dreams that were not all godly. And yet with eyes open, even in the cloud, mist and fog, Christ's light still shines. And with Christ's light is a glow that enables us to see a path that we may not immediately be able to see. So if we find ourselves drowsy in these first hours in days of a new year, it's okay to drift off to sleep. Let's just pray for godly dreams and the courage to do what God commands. Let us pray. God, your story amazes and astounds. To see how you don't allow darkness and shadows to stop your good work is nothing short of extraordinary. Thank you, God, for giving us new roads to walk and to travel with and upon. Let this new year, God, be a new start on a highway you have carved through the mountains. For it's in Christ's name that we pray these things. Amen.